0: Well, amen. Amen. Welcome to Walk Church Online. One more time, my name's is Hayden Ratner. I'm the senior pastor here at Walk Church, and I want to greet you on behalf of my wife Nina, our family, our entire ministry team here at Walk Church. We are glad that you're joining us today. We're continuing in our sermon series called Headlines, Good News in Times of Uncertainty, and we're certainly walking in those days right now. And since we've entered into this season with coronavirus on display and COVID-19 in the headlines. I've been seeing in different parts of social media and different moments around that people have been exchanging the phrase COVID-19 with the scripture, Joshua 1-9. And I thought it would only be right that we looked at this popular verse in the Bible together today for the second part of our headline series. This scripture has been a blessing to me. The scripture has been helpful to me. It's found in the left side of your Bibles. Last week we looked at a verse in the New Testament, Romans 8.31, which says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? And that's a beautiful headline. But today we find a new headline on the left side of your Bibles in the Old Testament where God is speaking loud to us today. That needs to be louder than any of the headlines in your newsfeed, louder than any of the headlines that may have discouraged you this week. This is a headline for me and you and your mama too today. So go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Joshua right now. And let's go ahead and read it in its context. I want us to read Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to verse 9. Let's get the context of it. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today. But how many of you just want a full course meal from God's word? Jesus tells us that we don't live off of bread alone. We live off of every word that flows from the mouth of God. So this is food for us today. This is spiritual food We're looking at Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. If you're ready, say ready out loud right now. Just say ready. If you're hungry, put in the comment section, let's eat. Let's eat from God's word together right now. Before we eat, let's pray. Father God, speak to us through your word. Touch us with this word. God, strengthen our faith. Build our faith through this word. And God, heal our land. Holy Spirit, flow through the screen. Flow through the teaching and open our hearts and minds in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. The text tells us, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Come on. Just as I had promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Come on, stay with me. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success, amen? Well, here's our verse, here we go. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love this verse right here, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. I love that little word, be. I just want to highlight it. Maybe you can see it on your screen, just this word, be. This is a powerful word. Maybe you've jumped over the word B. Maybe you're like me, you've skipped over it. You just you went right to strong, you went right to courageous. But as I was studying for this text, God took me into the B. This word B is powerful. Let me give you a definition for the word B. Out of dictionary.com, the word B means to exist or to live, to occupy a place or position. The word B essentially describes identity. Who are you? Let me ask you that really quick. Who who are you to be? This word be, right, to, to exist. Are you just existing right now? Who are you going to be? Maybe you're familiar with the great poet and playwright Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, right? He wrote the famous play called Hamlet. In the first line of Hamlet, the popular phrase is to be or, come on, say it with me, or not to be. That is the question. In the context of that first line, to be or not to be, that is the question. He was referring to life and death. To be or not to be. This word be is a a headline word for us today. and Maybe you're not getting it yet. Well, let's keep going a little bit deeper. I like the former motto for the U.S. Army. Maybe you guys know the jingle. Come on. Be all that you can be, right? That's the headline I want to look at here today. Be all that you can be. If you're with friends watching this right now, hopefully you're six feet apart, but I want you to go look at them right now. Just look at whoever's in the room with you right now and say, friend, be all that you can be. And say it right back to the person who just said it to you and say, I got a word for you too. Be all that you can be. If you're with family right now, say, family, be all that you can be. That's the headline in Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Three times within these nine verses, God declares that we're called to be all that we can be. We're called to be all that he has created us to be. God's called you to be something. God's called you to be someone. And I really believe in these verses, he gives us four different characteristics that we're called to be. Are you ready? Let me give you the first one. The first one is, simply put, be strong. first one is be strong, that that we're called to be strong. As you look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, I actually want to highlight this first phrase for you. He says, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you to be strong? And as I was reading through this text, it had me start to think, wow, this is actually a command from God. I think sometimes we think that this is a suggestion. Like, hey, God's saying, hey, you know what? Be strong. That's a good idea. That's a good option. But it's not not an option. This is a command from our Lord and King. Let me highlight that phrase, have I not commanded you? Because that's an important phrase. I think too often we can just jump right to the be strong. Let me just go backwards and work for a second. It says, have I not commanded you? Our God has a commandment for us. Many scholars have said that That this is the great commission of the Old Testament, right? We see a great commission in the New Testament. We see the great commandment in the New Testament, right? To make disciples, to love one another. Well, what's the great commandment and great commission of the Old Testament? It's right here, right? It's on display for us. Here it is. Be strong. This phrase, be strong, is, is a game changer moment. It's a command from the Lord. The word command, according to the Oxford Pocket Dictionary, is To give an authoritative order. Have you ever thought that God authoritatively orders you to be strong? This command right here is that we would actually be this characteristic strong. The CSB uh, study Bible said it like this. It says, God's command, be strong and courageous. Already spoken by Moses to Israel appears three times here in Joshua 1. The expression is used before great undertakings like David's charge to Solomon to build the temple in 1 Chronicles, King Hezekiah's encouragement to his subjects to withstand the enemy's siege in 2 Chronicles, and then Joshua's own charge to Israel to fight. He says, hey, I got a command for you. Here's the command, to be strong. Let's talk about that phrase, be strong. It's who we're called to be. The word strong, by definition, is an adjective. Have you ever thought about it for a second? What does it mean, the phrase strong? Is strong a verb? Is strong a noun? Well, strong is actually an adjective. The the word strong means marked by a great physical power. It means to have a moral or intellectual power. I think in this text, it means to be marked and to have a great spiritual power, to have a, a mental power, about you. That's what it means to be strong. And if we're going to be all that we can be, we got to be strong. Right now, I believe God is teaching his church how to be strong. If we're not strong during this time, the church is going to close its doors. If we're not strong during this time, well, we're going to fail to the spirit of adversity. If we're not strong right now, then we're going to allow different things and headlines of this world to overtake our heart and our soul, and that was never meant to be. In fact, God actually tells us we're called to be strong. Later on in the book of Joshua, in Joshua 23, verse 6, God continues this narrative and continues to speak to his servant here. Therefore, be very strong. Right? God starts out in Joshua 1. He says here, Joshua, at the very beginning of this book, before you go out into battle, be strong. Later on, toward the end of this book, Joshua 23, God says, Be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left. Being strong is a calling on the life of the disciple and the life of the church. Feel free to go ahead and drop a a little strong emoji in the comment section right now. Go ahead and type it. Be strong. Maybe you see somebody else on your chat feed right now. Maybe you just feel led to send somebody a text message right now. Just text them, say, hey, be strong. That that might be the motivation somebody just needed to hear is be strong is something you can be. It's not just something you can do. Strong is who we're called to be. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. He says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men be strong. He's writing to the men in the church. He's saying, men in the church, rise up. Watch. Check it out. This is wartime living. Be ready. Be strong. Have that mental power. Have that spiritual power. Have that physical power that God has equipped you to be. Be strong. Ephesians 6, verse 10, right? Verse 10 and 11, Paul's writing to the Ephesian church. He's encouraging them. He's saying, hey, look, we got a very real enemy out there he would love to destroy your life. He would love to destroy our city, our world, our church, our, our nation. He would love to destroy it, but here, here's what he says. He says, finally, say it with me, come on, be strong. God's saying, hey, finally, after all is said and done, church family, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, right? Joshua, just think about his context right now, right? His leader, his commander, his chief, Moses. Moses had been leading the charge of the people of Israel for all these years, right? They've been wandering in the wilderness, but he also saw Moses do great things in this time, just great things with a staff alone. But Moses didn't lead his people into the promised land. God said, I'm going to use a different leader to take his people into the promised land. And Moses passes the baton to Joshua, and Joshua steps foot onto this land. And the first word that God gives him is, listen, Joshua, be strong. I think that headline is true for us as well. He doesn't stop at be strong, though. Here's a, here's a second thing we're called to be. We're called to be be courageous. That's a headline that I would encourage you to flood your heart, right? Don't just be strong, but friend, be Courageous. Let's look at it in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Here's the commandment. You ready for the commandment? Be strong and courageous. Again, not just a good insight or a good option, or hey, God's suggesting that we should have courage. No, he's commanding that we have courage. Friend, listen to me. If you're a Christian on this, it's not an option to be courageous, it's a calling to be courageous. Courageous is who we are. I looked up this word courageous. The definition is someone who has courage. So that made me look deeper into what courage is. What does it look like to possess courage? The word courage in itself is a noun. The word courage means the ability to do something that frightens one. The word courage means to have strength in the face of pain or grief. Now's the time we need courage, amen? Now's the time for me and you to have courage, that this headline needs to go in front of us. Friend, here's my commandment. Be strong and be courageous. Winston Churchill once said it like this, fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. What's your decision today? Are you gonna allow fear to to bog your mind and your heart down and be the thing that makes you decide on a different route than God? Or are you gonna allow courage to boost your heart and your thinking so you can be strong, so you can be courageous, so you can walk into victory, so you can get up again and move into your destiny? God says be strong and courageous. It's not something we're called to do alone. It's something we're called to be. Be strong and be courageous. Those, th- those two callings together are powerful. That is a dynamic duo of words. Be strong, be courageous. I love that right there, right? And I would even say a personal conviction that I have as a studier of God's word, and we all are called to study and read God's word, I- I've found that this is to be true. If you see God say something once in this Bible, You should lean in and apply it. But I would say this, if you see God saying something often or repeating a phrase often or a pattern of God giving this type of calling or command, we should really lean in. We should really begin to put these things into action. And these are phrases throughout the narrative of the Bible that God is consistent with. I want to show it to you on the screen. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 and 8, God is back on display. Right before Joshua, God is telling Moses these same exact words, right? Deuteronomy 31, verse six. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. How about this? Before we get to Joshua 1, 9, we're we're back in Deuteronomy again. Deuteronomy 31, verse 23. The Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. Joshua chapter 10, verse 25, he needs the reminder. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous. How about now Joshua is taking the command that was given to him, And now he's going and discipling others with that same command. Can I just take a page out of Joshua's book and give it to you? I don't think that this calling was supposed to stop with Joshua. I think it's supposed to go on with Walk Church. Friend, look at me through the screen. Be strong, be courageous, be strong. And be courageous. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 13, it says, Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and the rules that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. What are these statutes? Here's the statutes. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. Second Chronicles 32, verse 7 says, Be strong and And courageous, do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with them, for there are more with us than with them. How about David in Psalm 27, verse 14? David, now, this is a long time after Joshua, right? David, now the king of Israel, writes in the Psalms, he says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Maybe that's a prophetic word for you right now. I'm going to go ahead and take that as a prophetic word for me. I don't know about you, but we're waiting for God to do something miraculous and powerful through this season of quarantine, through this historical moment regarding coronavirus, COVID-19. And We're waiting for God. We're waiting on God. But what if God is saying, while you're waiting, be strong. I know you're waiting, but while you're waiting, be courageous. Let your heart take courage, my friend. Brother, sister, friend, be strong, be courageous. This is a calling on the life of every believer and every disciple. Walt Disney once put it like this. He said, all our dreams can come true. If we have the courage to pursue them, let me go ahead and say it to you again. All our dreams can come true if we would just have the courage to pursue them. What dreams has God given you that you need to continue to pursue? Maybe that dream didn't die, maybe that dream is still very much alive. You just needed the courage. You just needed the mental reminder to look at fear in the face and say, nope, I'm going to push through you. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. Here's Here's what Disney was saying. He was saying that you could have success in this life. You could actually have prosperous provision and success in this life. But let me tell you something, way before Walt Disney ever said that your dreams can come true and that you could be successful, Joshua said that, right? Let me show it to you. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Before we get to verse nine, look look at verse eight with me one more time. It says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth for you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Basically, what he's saying, God's saying, hey, look, the more time you spend in the word, the more you'll be able to live the word. The more you meditate on the word, the more the word will dictate how you live. And here's what he says. Here's going to be the outcome. You ready for the outcome? He says, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God is for our success. God actually wants you to be successful in this life. Now, here's, here's something that you really need to lean into. What if your version of success wasn't God's version of success? What if God had a definition and a vision for success for you that looks different than what you thought of success? Here's what I really believe success is. Success is accomplishing Everything that God set out for you to accomplish. I really believe biblical success, I'm not talking about worldly success. Worldly success might just be to have a bigger car or bigger toys or a bigger house or more money in your bank account. But I even read in the Proverbs this past week that a good reputation is better than silver and gold, better than stuff, I want to have godly success. I want to have biblical success. And here's what I've found to be successful. Biblical success is when you accomplish everything that God set you out to accomplish. Right? God's calling on Joshua was to take over lands, to cross over seas, to lead millions of people. God's calling on Joshua was to be a difference maker in his Calling and in his season and in his community while he was alive. God said, I have things for you to accomplish, Joshua, and if you accomplish those things, that's success. What if God says, I got things for you to accomplish? And the only way you're going to be able to do it is if you be strong and you be courageous. I read this quote from Francis Chan. It messed me up, it convicted me. Here's what Francis says He says it like this Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Greatest fear shouldn't be, oh man, one day I might fail. And I was studying the different phobias as I was preparing for this message. And one of the greatest fears today that's taking over so many people is the fear of failure. But Chan says here, well, maybe we shouldn't fear failure. Maybe failure might actually help us succeed. We shouldn't fear, fear failure as much, but we should fear succeeding at stuff that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I've found that what matters right here is accomplishing everything that God set you out to accomplish. He says that's only gonna happen through a relationship with him. That's why God puts an emphasis on meditating on his word. That's why God puts an emphasis on spending time with him. That no man or no woman is greater than their prayer life, That no man or no woman is greater than their time in the word of God. And that's why it's a calling on us to to get in this book. I love to say this. Get in the book until the book gets in you. right? Don't just know the word of God. Know the God of the word. And allow God to speak to you because that's what's going to give you success. I read this quote from Charles Stanley. I'm filling you up with some quotes today, but we're eating today. Charles Stanley once said it like this. He said, God will never give us a schedule so full that there is no time for him. One of the biggest reasons why we never read the book is because we feel like we don't have enough time. But if you feel like you don't have enough time to have a relationship with God, that just means your schedule is full of stuff that wasn't from God. you got to examine, was this from God or was this from me? Was this from God or was this from somebody else who wanted me to do something for them? Maybe we need to reorganize some schedule so that we could have success. Remember, what success is is accomplishing in this life everything that God called us to accomplish. We'll inherit everything in eternal life that He's prepared for us for that time. Be strong and be courageous. Let me give you one more B. Don't just be strong and courageous, but friend, be brave. Be brave. Come on, say it with me. Be brave. Tell the person you're watching this with right now, be brave, drop it in the comments. (coughs) Be brave. The Oxford Pocket Dictionary defines the phrase brave. Ready to face and endure danger or pain. Here's what it means to be brave. It means that you're ready to endure danger or pain. If somebody, hear me on this, if somebody ever deceived you, into thinking that the moment you become a Christian, right, you're just going to enter into a a life that's free of pain, that all your problems are going to be solved in this life, that you'll never have to risk again. You'll never have to face adversity again. You'll never have to face trials and tribulations again, that this life won't be hard, that if you can just receive Jesus, everything will be better. They lied to you. Now, I believe, I'm a proponent. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus in this sermon. I think the best decision you could ever make is to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. That's success. right? God is for you, and he wants you to have a relationship with his son. But let me go ahead and assure you that the moment you enter into the game as a follower of Christ, you're entering the war. Right? This is wartime living. right? God gave Joshua this calling and command he said hey look be strong and courageous and be brave because what he was about to do was terrifying to walk into lands with big old people and communities that were against him and his team and to overtake those places and spaces with not a lot of resource that took bravery what does it mean to be brave? Well, it's Joshua 1.9, the second part. Here's what it says. It says, do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed is another way to say, be brave. The church should be defined by bravery. That, that you and I as disciples of Jesus should have a reputation about us. That is attributed to bravery. That we're called to be strong, be courageous, and be brave. That's why it says do not be frightened. Here's what it means to to be brave. It means that you're not frightened. The opposite of bravery is to be frightened. The opposite of bravery is to be dismayed. I want to encourage you to be brave. Nelson Mandela talked about this. He once said, the brave man is not he who does not know, does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. That's why it tells us in Romans that we're more than conquerors. But I'll tell you what, when I hear conqueror, I hear battle. When I hear conqueror, I hear like, I got to strap my boots up. When I hear conqueror, I got to lace my kicks up. When I hear conqueror, I'm in the game. I'm not just a fan. I'm playing, I'm not on the sideline, I'm in the action. We're called to be strong, courageous, and and brave. As you look throughout history, you see different men and women that demonstrated great bravery for their relationship with Christ, and they were glad that they did it, right? We see that in the Bible, we see Jesus, right, take upon the cross on his back, stand before Pontius Pilate and Herod, not frightened at all, dying for the sin of the world. He would then pass on his spirit. He would give his Holy Spirit, right, to his disciples, and they would get brave. We actually find the disciples in Acts 4 praying for bravery, praying for boldness, right? They were being persecuted, but they came came right back and said, God, give us more boldness. Help us to be more brave. How about the apostle Paul? This was a brave dude. Once a persecutor of Christians, now a brave disciple of Jesus. In Acts chapter 14, this is one of my, my most uh, compelling verses in the Bible. It, it, it convicts me the bravery of Paul. Let's look at it together. Acts chapter 14, here's what it says. It says, but, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city. Catch that for a second. Right, The act of stoning was the act of execution. Possibly one of the most gruesome and terrifying ways to die would be to be stoned to death. Right, So that means that Everybody in that city gathered together that wanted to take part in this, and they gathered big, sharp stones. They threw them at Paul to the point where they thought he was dead for preaching the gospel. They stoned him with these stones, right? And they dragged him out of the city. Imagine Paul being dragged. That's challenging right here. They dragged Paul out of the city, they left him there for dead. They're like, man, this brother's dead. We just stoned him. He's not going to be coming back anytime soon to share the gospel. If you want to share the gospel, that's what's going to end up to you. Look at your leader, Paul. Here's what it says. So they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. This guy's gone. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up. (laughs) I don't know about you, but this is, this is like, what? Like, I'm sure the disciples were like, Yo, Paul, you alright? Like all of a sudden, he he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derby. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned. They went back to the place that he got stoned at. He returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. Well, it was just the Jews in Antioch and Iconium that stoned him to death. Paul said, let's go back there. Give me some bravery. Give me some boldness. Give me some courage. That's who I'm called to be. I wonder if the disciples were like, yo, Paul, you should probably take a season off. Maybe you should go home chill out, be low-key about your faith, bro. You almost died last week. Paul said, bring me back. Let's go back there. Let's demonstrate some courage in this time of uncertainty. This is good news in times of uncertainty. Church, this is not a time for us to be silent. This is a time for us to be loud. This is not a time for us to be weak. Friend, this is a time for us to be strong. This this season that we're living in right now this is a, this is a moment for us to be strong. One of my favorite stories of bravery comes from a missionary in the 1950s named Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot is a game changer. He's one of the greatest missionaries of all time and he had a heart to reach an unreached people group in Ecuador. And he flew out there on a plane and his main mission and purpose and goal was that these people would hear the name of Jesus even if it cost him his life. And he and his buddy said, we're brave, we're bold, we're strong, we're courageous. And Jim Elliott's story is fantastic. It's, it's amazing. It's convicting and it's powerful. It says that he got there, they would fly over this community that had never heard the gospel before and they would drop, drop off gifts and they, they would bless this community with gifts for their people as a sign of peace. And, and one day the people began to give gifts back. They would lower down these gifts and they would then pull up gifts back and they thought, okay, we have peace in this community with this unreached people group. And one day Jim and his four buddies, they got off of this plane that they had, had, had came with, right? And they began to engage with this people group. They tried to speak the language. They took a year to learn the language and they brought peace to this land. And all they wanted to do was share their faith with them. All they wanted to do was give the hope and gospel and life of Christ to them. But before they could do that, on the very next day, they got surrounded by the tribe of people. The people pulled out their spears. and Before Jim was able to share the gospel with them, they began to throw these spears at Jim and his four partners, and they passed away in that moment. It was a tragedy. It was global news. It was all around that Jim Elliott, this famous missionary, would not be coming back home to his wife, Elizabeth. Elizabeth got the news that her husband passed away due to this tribe and unreached people group in Ecuador. What did Elizabeth Elliott do? Well, here's what Elizabeth did. The very next year, she got on a plane. She went back to that same site in Ecuador where they buried and killed her husband. She went back to that same tribe and found those same people and said, you are the people that killed my husband, and I want to offer to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to offer to you forgiveness, and the same guy who slammed this spear into the chest of Jim Elliott then saw the faith. And gospel and bravery of Elizabeth, and heard the gospel in his own language, and then he would begin to start a missionary ministry in his own town. He put his faith in Jesus, got baptized, and the whole tribe got saved. In fact, it was this man that actually was the killer of Jim Elliott that went on to speak and preach revivals all around and share his testimony. What could God do with your life? If we were to just say, I'm ready to be strong, I'm ready to be courageous, I'm ready to be willing, that's the life of Jim and his wife, Elizabeth. It may cost you everything, but you may gain everything to be strong and courageous and to be brave for Christ. Finally, let me give you the last point of this message, then we're going to wrap it up. We're not just called to be strong. We're not just called to be courageous. We're not just called to be brave. But friend, this last point I think is the most important point. We're called to be aware. I want to encourage you to be aware. And maybe you're asking, be aware of what? Maybe Joshua was asking the same question, like, I'm supposed to be strong and courageous and brave. How am I going to do that? Right? Joshua had never led at the level that Moses led at. Joshua only watched him and helped him and was a spy. But now Joshua's called to lead all the people and called to take over these lands, these promised lands that were given to his great ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses waited all his life to get there. He didn't get there. Now Joshua's called to do it. And God said, hey, listen, you gotta be aware. And you and I too, we gotta be aware. Here's what we need to be aware of. Look at Joshua 1, nine with me, ready? Here's what the verse says. It says, have I not commanded you Be strong, be courageous, don't be frightened, don't be dismayed, be brave, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God's telling Joshua, don't lose your awareness. And this is a great point for us today. Because maybe during this whole pandemic, you lost your awareness. Maybe at some point you began to think, where's God in all this? Can I tell you that he is around, he is near, he is close, he is with us? right? Joshua had to be experiencing some fear for God to say, don't fear. God had, Joshua had to be experiencing some weakness for God to say, be strong. We can relate. God jumps right in the center and says, "Here's why you can be strong. Here's how you can be courageous. I'm with you. I'm with you." Right Last week, the headline was, "God is For us." But maybe a Part B headline is, "God is with us." Right? God is with us as a narrative throughout the Bible that has to stay close to our hearts. I was looking at an NLT study Bible. Here's what the note says. God claimed Joshua's concerns about assuming leadership by assuring him of his presence. God says, hey, Joshua, look, I know that you got some concerns about assuming this position. Let me calm those concerns. Maybe you have some concerns about work and about struggle and about finances. How's God gonna calm those concerns? Let me tell you how he's gonna do it. By reminding you that he's with you. The thing that calms our anxiety, the thing that fights against our weakness, is the person that we're with. God says, don't lose your awareness. Be aware, I'm with you. That We need to to gain a stronger sense of awareness, and that's going to give us a stronger sense of confidence. I've found this to be true in my own life. Many of you know I have a son. He's five years old. His name's Epaph. I find it so interesting that in certain places, in certain spaces, the ePath will have a totally different perspective when I'm with him. Right? There could be moments where he might get afraid for a second, and the first thing he'll do is say, I need you to come with me. I need you to come with me. But when I'm with him, all of a sudden the fear goes away. <laughs> it happened the other night when we were playing a Super Mario game. Right, He made it to a level where he got scared about what could happen next, and he said, wait, wait, you do this part because when you do it, I'm not scared. I'm confident with who I'm with. The same should be true as we go throughout this life that if we're with God, if we're with our Father, if we're with our good, good Father, we can be strong because of who we're with. God says, be strong, I am with you. How amazing is it that the promise in the Old Testament that God would be with us, it's the same promise that Jesus gives us, right? Even in the first part of the Gospels, he says to to Joseph, his earthly dad, he says, look, check this out. My nickname's Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's at the beginning of Matthew. But even at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28, right? We see this Old Testament great commission, right? Be strong, courageous, the Lord is with you. Well, what about the New Testament great commission? Look at it with me, Matthew 28, right? It's this powerful, challenging calling. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20 says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. If you're thinking, how are we gonna do that? How are we gonna get the gospel to all the nations? That just seems and feels way too big. It is, but not when you're with him. Here's what Jesus says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says, listen, I'm going to be with you, church, to the end of the age. That means in coronavirus season, out of coronavirus season, Jesus Christ is with us. He promises this to us, that this promise from God is alive and true, Today, maybe you're thinking, "Hey, how can you take an Old Testament passage that was given to Joshua, and you can take that promise and apply it to us today?" Well, I believe that we can. I believe that we're not in violation by taking Joshua 1:9 and saying, "I'm going to use that verse as an encouragement and a motivator to me and to our church today." Here's why you can do that: because Paul tells us in the Book of Corinthians that all these promises that were made throughout the Old Testament are yes. In Christ, right? In 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20, you see it here on the screen. It says, for all the promises of God, they find their yes in him. So you can take an Old Testament promise and apply it to a New Testament life today. It's still yes. Can we be strong and courageous today? Yes, because God says, I'm fulfilling that promise in Christ. That's a promise for us today. D.L. Moody, he, he affirms it. The great evangelist, Moody, he once put it like this. He said, God never made a promise that was too good to be true. This promise that he's going to be with you is true for you and I today. It's true for us to get through tomorrow. It's true for us to be strong, be courageous, be brave, and be aware of God's presence. That's what it means to be all That you can be. How can you be all that? What does it mean to be all that you can be? Here's what it means. It means be strong. It means be brave. It means be courageous. Come on. It means be aware. If you go through life strong, courageous, brave, and aware, it's going to be a different you. People are going to say, man, what happened to you during quarantine? What got into you during this season? What did you get affected with? Man, I got affected with the promise of Joshua 1.9. That headline started to surround me. That headline started to consume me. Come on, that headline started to cover me. And all of a sudden, I feel strong. I feel courageous. I feel bold. I feel brave. I'm aware God is with me. I'm a new person. There's nothing I can't take on because of who I'm with. It's who I'm called to be. It's who you are called to be. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, I pray for every person watching this through the screen right now. God, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit power. And if there's somebody right now that needs to repent of their sins and receive Christ as Savior, I pray that they would do that right in this moment. Right now, you can just join me in this prayer. Just say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Cancel my debt, my record of wrongs. Heal me of my brokenness. Restore my relationship to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I turn away from my past. I turn to my future in Christ. Make me strong. Make me brave. Make me courageous. And right now, Father, I'm aware of your presence. Thank you for dying for my sin, rising from the grave, coming back again. Today, I place my faith in you, Jesus. Today, I do that. If you're praying with me right now, just ask Jesus to save you. Ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to take over. Just let him take over. And today, if you just need strength, You can call upon his name for strength as well. Call upon the name of the Lord. and You shall be saved. You shall be strengthened. God, I pray that you would be our strength. For everybody watching this and everybody praying this prayer right now, God, help them to be strong, courageous, brave, and aware. For your glory and our good. Yes, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.